Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 9, Episode 1, you know, Forest Poles. The book, Crucible, by Troy Denning. The year, 2013, that can't be right. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where, oh God, it's good to say that again. Aw, I yeah. miss our good friends, the X-Men. Fuck and, your good and friends, the, the X-Men. the next generation that of book, Trekkers. That book was boring. <laughs> yeah. So is every goddamn Star Wars book we read. At least they're usually about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's also unfortunate. That's the number one complaint I had about that book, was that it wasn't about Star Wars. I mean- you kind of had a bit of a Star War in there at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. you try and sell what was happening at the end of that as either a star or a war. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jeff, that's John, and we are back on our old bullshit. We have a Star Wars novel, and we're going to talk about it at great length for no reason for about 13 episodes. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing the thing. Yeah. We're finally doing it. We finally got to a season nine of the thing. Yeah, the the ever important season nine. Yeah. They say if you make it to season nine, you win. Also, yeah. this means our next season has to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, nine seasons and a movie, as it's known <laughs> that, in the podcast that's world. What they say in the podcast world. No one's got a podcast into a movie yet, have they? We, it's not too late for us to be the first. <laughs> It's not too late. We could be the worst. <laughs> it could be done. There's no, like, comedy bang bang the film. I know there's that Between Two Ferns movie on Netflix, but that's based on a, on a web series and yeah, not that's on a no podcast. podcast. Yeah, we could be the ones. <laughs> it could be ours. I'm sure people want our podcast based on discussing old Star Wars books. That would also make it the easiest possible podcast to adapt into a movie. No one would sue us immediately. Exactly. <laughs> well, all we need to do is get bought by Disney. <laughs> Listen, Disney, this is not a, a, a periodical art. I am copywriting your work. <laughs> I want to be sued by Disney. TM. <laughs> uh, if anyone else says they want to be sued by Disney, now I get to sue them. <laughs> uh, so let's look at the bullshit that we are back on, John. It looks like we are going to be doing Crucible by one Troy Denning. It says here he was also the star, the author of Star Wars, colon, Fate of the Jedi, colon, Apocalypse. <laughs> Oh, boy. A double coloner. Yeah, that's right. You know it's going to be good when the guy's got a double colon in his credits. Yeah, I don't know. Worf had a double colon, and he wasn't any good in that fucking book either. <laughs> oh, he was the best part and of him that and his book. redundant double colons. That's <laughs> mm, why you can poop and then still be pooping. <laughs> yes, that is why I poop like a mighty warrior. <laughs> Twice at once. <laughs> Out of my two side-by-side anuses, <laughs> as all Klingons do. And always have. Yeah, we don't have just one crack. Each cheek has a different <laughs> butthole on the back of it. Each one of my cheeks terminates in a butthole. <laughs> I find it beautiful. <sighs> but it's gross on Lursa and Bator. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Just, so, uh, Crucible by Troy Dennings has a bit of a, uh, a distinct characteristic to it among the various expanded universe Star Wars novels. John, do you know what it is? I do. Yeah. And that, and that's because I've told you on a number of occasions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the last one. 
The last one we're ever doing. Yeah, this is, like I said, season nine and then a movie. Yeah. And the movie's going to be about something else. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be about our wacky adventures trying to get a book. (laughs) It's the last expanded universe Star Wars novel because- In the Legends. uh, That's correct. Well, because Expanded Universe was the name of that whole series until they turned it into Legends. This was the last book to be called Expanded Universe and then become Legends. Yeah. Uh, but what we really mean is around 2012, 2013, uh, Disney acquired the rights to all the Star Wars crap from George Lucas for like $4 billion, right? Uh, and there were a couple of neat stipulations in there. For example, Disney is still not allowed to name whatever species Yoda is. Yeah. That's like, you're not allowed to do that. It was a contract they signed into with Lucas that said, no giving that species a name. <laughs> this is why I never signed any contract with George Lucas, because I'm perfectly content to name that species. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gubbos? <laughs> That seems bad. I'm going to go with bad on that one. Bad on the gubbos. I think, I think gubbo <laughs> may be bad. Now, if no, you no, said- the s is it's, the s is not a pluralize. It's that's they're they're called the gubbos. See, it's a whole species. Now, if you told me that there was one of Yoda's species named Gubbos, I would be on board with that. Gubbos! Also, I have Gubbos! Also, he only says his own name. He, he represents the midpoint between the nonverbal baby Yoda and the uh, very ver- verbose Yoda himself, and all he does is say, Gubbos! Yeah. That's the evolution. Uh-huh. You go from nonverbal baby to regular Pokemon <laughs> middle-aged, and then old man and loquacious. <laughs> That's how it works. Brobdignagian, even. That Yoda. Always using the big words. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this book came out in 2013. It was the last book to be set in the timeline of that, that was started way, way back in the day with Thrawn and, and uh, Timothy Zahn and all that. And I gotta say... Just starting out with this, it kind of feels like this sort of had to be the end of a lot of things, because like it has in the book, all of these characters are like 60-something now. Mm-hmm. Like Even the twins that were like five years old in one of the books we read are like, well, one of them is 30, like seven or something. Yeah, yeah. Currently, uh, Jaina Solo is 36 years old and has kids of her own and is and a husband. So we've moved very far into the future with these books. Yeah. We followed these people for a very long time on their weird segmented adventures where they keep meeting remnants of the Empire. And it feels like, I don't know that you can keep doing this. Like, you would have to make a point where there would have been a book where they're like, Yo, we we gotta just mm, let's cut let's cut ties. We don't want this anymore. I mean, the book opens with Han checking out Leia in some bar that they're meeting in, and he's like, "Well, she may be really really old, but she's still my gal." Yeah, ah, uh, she got a few laugh lines, but she's the classiest gal in the joint. I wish they used gal. <laughs> That's the first thing I wished. First wish. Now, Jeannie, for my second wish. Let's let's stop having people refer to women in books as females, unless it's like for some biology reason, including you, Han. Han. Because <laughs> that's the first thing. He's like, oh, she's still the classiest female in the joint. Which also, what are we doing with female here anyway? Is there is there a way classier dude in the joint? Oh, yeah. he doesn't want to mess that up. Yeah, <laughs> he looks around. He's like, oh fuck, that dude is classy as shit. <laughs> There's just that spy guy from Canto Bite and The Last Jedi is just also in there. Like, Hello, <laughs> what up? Check out my glittering ruby pendant. <laughs> 
Tops and tails, boys. <laughs> oh, dude, that guy's classy. <laughs> Shit. Monogrammed hanky. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess she's the classiest female here. You're goddamn right. Uh, now I'm off to have some monogrammed hanky-panky. <laughs> oh, you think she's the classiest female? Give me half an hour. <laughs> He's just going to come back with a way classier girlfriend that he has. Yeah. He's just got a way classier girlfriend. He's just going to find someone Mm -hmm. and make her classier (laughs) in a classic Pygmalion. He's just going to go all Pygmalion on someone. You, you Ugnaught, come here. (laughs) Uh. I must mold you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my fair Ugnaught. (laughs) Hmm. You still seem to be a grunting pig monster. Hmm. Well, I think enough <laughs> enough expensive clothes and it'll work. <laughs> Here she comes, a grunting pig monster. <laughs> Damn, that's classy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Those are like $800 shoes. Sorry, Leia. <laughs> all right, well, sorry about all that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This book has a sense of how much further can we push this forward. I mean, we're introduced to other characters that were introduced in the... Uh, expanded universe and they're old now too yeah like, like they got corn horns in these chapters and he no, is like this the entire second chapter is just hey these are all the people that are still alive uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly give you a rundown on who died hey let's uh let's just give a quick who's the famous people that didn't die in yuzhan vong and here they parade by the second chapter is very impressive for someone who has read all these books which again is not me i just read a bunch of them when i was a kid uh but Luke keeps like rattling off Jedi, and all of them are characters from previous books. There's no point, where, except for the one guy who's like the student going through the process at the time, uh, it, it, which is we'll get to that eventually. Everyone else who gets mentioned in that chapter is some Jedi from an old book. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a parade of of references. This book must have taken a long time to write because huh. he had to know a lot about a bunch of other books. Uh, so, like I was saying, the first chapter of Crucible, which by the way is a 2013 novel. Yeah, uh, which you've said. Which I've said. Uh, written by Troy Denning in, I want to say, 2013. Ooh. Mm. The Crucible. You know what would be a good cru- year for cru- this crucible. to come out? Yeah. 2013. Ooh, 2013 was a good year. What happened? No, wait, no, it wasn't. Oh, you know what happened in 2013? The Crucible came out. Oh, oh right, The Crucible. Yeah. The Arthur Miller play about... Yeah. about by Darth Arthur Miller. By Darth Miller. <laughs> Darth Miller is uh, a terrible joke that should not be used by anyone. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. <laughs> Uh, chapter one opens up with Han and Leia in a bar in the far outer reaches. Uh, I forget the name of the bar, John. Do you know? It's the Red Rando. The Red Ronto. That's right. Red Rando. The Red Ronto, which the is which Red is, Rocket. Yeah, the Red Ronto. At this point, that was already a twenty-year-old reference. Because the, the Ronto is that dinosaur they add to the beginning of the special edition of New Hope. Yep. Uh, so. It, 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 even by this book standards, that's a 20-year-old reference. It's amazing. Uh, amazing. Amazing. I couldn't amazing. believe it. Uh, so they're hanging out in the Red Ronto, where they are going to be met by Lando Calrissian, who has requested their help with some sort of pirate trouble. And for some reason, he just needs two retired old fucks to come <laughs> give him a hand. See, at least for me, this feels especially in the way that he introduces things in this chapter like you can tell that troy denning here is trying to go like this is a classic star wars adventure this is like space cowboy this is a whole one last ride the book but 
everything's set up like what is what's our premise oh lando has a mining operation mm-hmm. somewhere incredibly improbable and he has a problem that needs to be solved by the solos and you're like okay well that's just a star wars book uh-huh. <laughs> If Lando's in the book, it's because he's got a stupid mining operation He's like, somewhere. I've got a mining operation, but it requires three different versions of experimental technology. I love that what happened with Lando in the films when they started to bring him back is that they focused on his kind of smoothness and his wardrobe and you know the language, the way he talks and so on, when they had uh, Donald Glover play him, and then he's been back in the new movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the books, they were just like, well, what's what's important about Lando? Well, he was in charge of that Bespin thing. So he was, he was gas mining, so I guess he loves mining. He's just some kind of dwarf who loves mining. Given that we write Star Wars books and any given trait is the only thing that exists about a person. Yeah. <laughs> he had a weird mind, so going forward into the future, he will always have a weird mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so this, this time this it's- one it's in the middle of a hyper dense nebula that has like light speed plasma where you can't chart a way through normally. It changes shape constantly, so you have to follow beacons that are set by a bunch of like information sharing uh, miners who are also in the in the in the uh, the cloud. It's called the Chiloon Rift, and it's completely full of what the the uh, they describe as tumblers, which are both heavy and pretty. <laughs> which means, which is to say, that it's got a lot of valuable asteroids in it. Yeah, I got a. A couple of pretty heavy tumblers here. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of spacers just lining up for your balls. No, uh, I meant these tumblers that oh, I'm going to put fine, a drink in. You're fine crystal tumblers. Yes. Wonderful, because I have all these horrible alcohols. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Which would you prefer? Some almost uh, past its prime horchata or rum chata? Or would you like some gingerbread spice-flavored Captain Morgan's rum? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the choices. <laughs> Uh, which for some reason is actually here. I think it's just for coffee. Uh, okay, so so yeah, the, the Chiloon Rift is apparently a red plasma permanent storm full of asteroids. Uh, the paths through which change constantly, uh, but Lando's in the middle of it at, at a planet that is out in the center of it that is some sort of mining operation he is running. He is, of course, the madman who's taken the basic mining operation here a couple steps too far. Well, yeah, because it it's so... Uh, lucrative if you can get the asteroid now trying to take one out of the nebula is apparently fairly difficult but if you have a place set up in the middle then you can kind of like go out pull one back in and you've got a base of operations and the only way this works is of course that all of these asteroids are super densely rich in expensive materials right so they are there because they're supposed to be being met directly by Lando, but he is not in the bar. And this oh, is he's late, and he's that's late. worrisome. Yeah, that's not normal for Lando. Lando is never late. He always arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so this is this is setting them on edge, and they're they're worried about that. So they're kind of scanning the bar, but they're not that worried because ultimately, at this point in the series, Leia's an accomplished Jedi Knight with a lightsaber and. Han has laser blasted seven billion people under tables, and he, they're fine. Oh yeah, for them this is basically just a little vacation. And I do thoroughly enjoy that about the beginning of this. Is they're like, yeah, but whatever. Like, <laughs> who the fuck is gonna mess with us? Yeah, we're 
We're like epic level PCs. No one gives a shit. They even know at the beginning of this to not throw their names around because it'll mess up the bar scene. <laughs> but they, they look around and immediately they settle on the one dude in the bar who's going to be relevant to them. A olive skinned young space miner who looks a little on edge and worrisome. Yeah, he's the one person in the bar that Leia picks up with the force being all worried and nervous and he keeps glancing at the door and then looking around. Right. The force is what told her that. That's how she was like, oh, that, that obviously nervous-looking guy is nervous. That dude keeps That's... checking his watch and looking around. The he force... must be waiting for someone, the force tells me. <laughs> That's what the force says, Captain. Yeah, thanks, Troy. <laughs> Captain, uh, I believe the aliens are angry is what the force is telling me. Yeah, thank, thank yeah, you. They're shooting at us. Thank, thank you, though. <laughs> thank you, Troy. Anyway, this dude notices them, and he just kind of orders a, a bottle of fancy alcohol from the bar and then saunters on over to meet them. And at this point, it is very clear and will be made even clearer as it goes on that this guy is a Han Solo. Yeah, he's the new Han Solo. Yeah, because we're dealing with these, you know, older 60, like retired uh, main characters, they have to be like, all right, well, here's the new Han Solo. And... He's a, a miner instead of a smuggler, but he has basically all of the same sort of swagger mannerisms. Yeah, if you made a checklist of what you need to make a Han Solo, you pretty much run into this guy because he also has like, oh, I have a ship that's my only worthwhile possession, but I'm completely in love with it. And I and someone was like, that thing sucks. And I was like, she doesn't look like much, but she can haul a moon out of place. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh -huh. thanks. And how many parsecs can it do that in? Uh, I don't know. Parsecs are a measure of distance. <laughs> yeah. How many parsecs can you haul a moon? Uh, I don't know, like one. Good. One moon. One moon parsec. One moon sec. <laughs> uh, so just give me one moon sec. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> he saunters over to the table with a bottle of some alcohol that's normally Lando's pick. Yeah, the Corellian Reserve. Yeah, mm, Corellian Reserve, which I don't always know smooth. <laughs> Really, Corellian Reserve does not sound like, because it doesn't mention a secondary alcohol type. Is it like it's Corellian Reserve whiskey or something? So, so to me, it sounds like it's some sort of malt liquor he shows up with. Yeah, that's why it's always smooth. Yeah, always smooth. And it gets the ladies, you know, really, really drunk and gives them headaches. Same. <laughs> uh, John always out there giving the ladies headaches. Yep, that's what I do. Yep. So he introduces himself. His name, as it turns out, is Omad Kag. Uh, or Kaeg? I don't know. Kaeg. I I was basically reading it as Kaeg. It's K A E G. Yeah, and my first thought when I saw his name was, "Hey, didn't we already have a nomad?" And then, oh no, it's an Omog. We had a warlord Omog for a little while. Yeah, but we didn't have you mad. Yeah, well, we're about to have you mad. That's like the next chapter. I know. So we have Omad and you mad popping right up early on. Oh, mad? <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> So Omad Keg is doing his best to put them at, at ease. He's like, hey, uh, I was sent here by Lando to give you guys a message. Yeah, he, he can't make it. He didn't say why, but, you know, I've got a chart of the nebula that you could use. And He wants you to meet him on the planet. And this book has some kerning issues in my printing copy, which led to Han saying, on Samus? <laughs> Uh, but it turns out the planet that, that Lando is occupying at the moment is Sarnus and not Sam Samus. Uh, so he's like, on Sarnus? But that's out in the middle of the minefield. We don't want to go there. He was supposed to come out here. He was very specific that he was going to meet us in the Red Ronto. Yeah. And and uh, 
Omad's like, hey man, I don't know what happened. All I'm doing, all I'm doing is I'm here to tell you that he wants you to meet him in the pl- inside the nebula instead. So, and it, at this point, for some reason, Han and Leia are like, we will have none of this nonsense. No, we will brook none of your shenanigans, sir. We get about five pages in a row of like when NPC or when the PCs in your D and D game won't take the NPC at face value. Yeah. It's that exact thing, like. Oh, I'm going to cast Detect Lies on him. Yeah, you uh, know, he just someone he- comes up and is like, Hey, party, the king needs you to go to this goblin warren. Hmm. Mm. But what if you're a goblin in disguise? I am not, clearly. <laughs> mm. I cast Detect Magic. Is there illusion spells? <laughs> nope, there don't appear to be illusion spells. Ah, curious. It only deepens the mystery. <laughs> please, please. Say something a goblin would never say, sir. I... I, I'm not a goblin. Oh, classic goblin. <laughs> yeah, this is just... You are undone. <laughs> pages and pages of fucking keg just being like, hey, can you please please just, just go see Lando? And they're like, but what if you're a pirate? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? I mean, I understand why they're doing it, because it would be stupid for Han and Leia to just be like, yeah, okay, let's go. But they have to suss out every little thing about this guy. Like, what's your angle, mister? And he's like, well, I'm a space miner. I work in the Chiloon Rift. I have a ship that I've inherited down the line from my family that I'm very proud of. Uh, I am definitely worried about someone who's going to come in through the door in just a minute, but we, are not, we have not addressed that yet. And yes, if you, if you take my advice, I will h- offer myself and my services to you as a guide to get you through the, the Rift to Lando. But, oh, join our ship? Hmm. That's just what a spy pirate would do. Oh, now you're making money on this deal. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Aren't you guys like fab? I thought you lived in the Emperor's old house. <laughs> hmm, yes, but that doesn't make your claims less goblin-y. Uh, it just goes on for a while. And <laughs> the uh, the thing that sort of annoys me at this point is just... Just be like, cool, thanks, and send a goddamn message. Well, yeah. Just send but a message to Lando. A lot of this discussion is about how it's impossible to the Rift, that now the Rift, because it's constantly closing off its webways and pathwards and what have you, there's no way you can send a straight-line message, so they have to use uh, packet messages, which are really slow, buoy messages, which are even slower because no one ever checks them, or the Rift mesh. And the Rift Mesh is just like an open radio frequency that everyone in the Rift has access to all the time. Well, the, the Rift Mesh is also the buoys. It's just, yeah. oh, what does this do? A message gets sent to one of them, and as soon as it can reach another one, like a passageway opens, yeah. it sends it out that way. And they, they the uh, story behind it, it's kind of a neat idea, Omad is talking about this, is that anyone can check any of these messages in the Rift Mesh. So it's really hard to keep secrets there. But that means that everyone is constantly trying to. There's no point in keeping secrets. It, it results in a very interesting sort of. They're like political pirates situation. here, yeah. but they can't communicate with each other without using this web too. Yeah. So we can also hear if they're trying to come after us. Yeah, it's kind of a neat idea. I, I mean, but ultimately, it seems like you could probably just come up with a way to move through the nebula without, you know, taking a shitty old spaceship. <laughs> it seems like you know. It seems like you could. Like you should just build like an antenna out of there. An antenna, like just the antenna out of the out of the, the thing. out of the out of the planet. Because uh, I mean, if what, you're gonna wait, spend, oh, you mean the plant, the planet, the uh, Sarnus. Sarnus. Okay, is what I'm saying. Because if you're already making a weird, complex series of buoys to send messages out, just be like, yo, we got just like a thin rod 
that goes up out of the nebula and we can get messages from. So you two. It's just out of the like you're assuming the nebula is basically like several light years across but only like 18 feet high. Oh yeah. yeah it's okay. a very <laughs> shallow <laughs> nebula. <laughs> How come these pirates and stuff do not simply fly up above the nebula where they can easily see everyone moving around in it? What? <laughs> Space is not three-dimensional. You go in one direction and someone else comes at you from that exact same angle. That's what makes the pirates so dangerous is that their spaceships have crow's nests on them. <laughs> they can <laughs> see farther. There's a guy. Yeah, they got a guy. He goes up a space ladder and he hangs out in a space crow's nest and he's like, Arr, I can see the vast fields of Red Sea of nebula there be ships captain so what you're saying is this is treasure planet <laughs> i mean i'm not saying it's not treasure planet okay uh okay so anyway we get a just a, a huge amount of them very co- uh, carefully examining this guy and then all of a sudden mandalorians come in yeah well i mean they come in second after the the, so the extremely poorly named Nargons. <laughs> Fucking Nargons sounds like what a TV show making fun of Star Trek would name an alien. Like, these are the Nargons. They're from Nargon Prime. Uh, yeah, the Nargons to me, when I first read that name, I was like, isn't that the name of the species that was doing all that cocaine in, in heavy metal? <laughs> like, they, they, the ones who have the big happy face ship, and like they, they use a tube to suck up a secretary, and she's topless by the time she gets there. Because, you know, it's the 80s. Because, you know. And you do a lot of coke, and you get a topless secretary. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have sworn that they were Nargons or Narflexes or something like that, so... Nar is just not a good term. You just don't want to use it. I mean, I know there's a whole planet called Nar Shada in, uh, in Star Wars. I know. It's okay. Yeah, but if the people there were like, we're Narshas, I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> Narsha, Narsha, Narsha. <laughs> Nar. <laughs> Narp. <laughs> but the Nargons are giant lizard men but not one of the giant lizard men that we know Mm -hmm. it is a new giant lizard man that's even bigger and more imposing than the other one so (laughs) trandoshans got nothing on these guys barabels fuck barabels nargons is where it's at when you want a big lizard person now (laughs) drachmarians amateur hour (laughs) i'm starting to run out of lizard people yeah so these nargons are so wide that they like basically brush the door on either side when they walk in they have to duck to get through they have giant thick spike tails Mm, and and spiky crests on their head they have razor head crests that apparently are mobile and pop up and down kind of like uh zoidberg's mate and finn uh so that's that's sort of neat and and immediately Han's like, yeah, we can handle that. That's just Mandos and Lizards. Who cares? And he's like, yeah, you go, Omad, in the best response he gets in this chapter is, yeah, why don't you go figure out what a Nargon is and then have that conversation with me again? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure to to Han, they're just a recolor. Yeah, he's, he's just like, like oh, great, more like, lizard folk. Oh, great. You know, I already did this like several times. Ooh, they're red now. I must be level 91. <laughs> great. All right, how many <laughs> Nargon tails do you need me to get to finish the quest? <laughs> oh, geez, Nargons. Not uh, every Nargon has a tail, though. Lit three. <laughs> uh, Leia, use runic. <laughs> so, the... Uh, the Mandos notice Omad sitting there, mm-hmm. and two of the Nargons, there are three, 
go just like off to watch the bar to make sure nothing pops off. Yeah. And these two Mandalorians and a Nargon go over to the table and one of the Mandalorians is just like some short fat guy. <laughs> they immediately say he's a short fat dumpo in yellow armor. And you're like, oh, dude. And then the other guy sits down and immediately takes his helmet off. And I was like. That is not the way. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is way older than the way. Hey, that's <laughs> like, not the way. I mean, granted, it's only six years older than the way, but but for a long time, Mandos didn't have any of the rules that the Mandalorian show set down. <laughs> I, know. I mean, Jango Fett took his helmet off all the fucking time. That move, that show has recontextualized Jango Fett as not a Mandalorian. As a bad Mandalorian. Yeah, he's, or well, he's, he's a Mandalorian before they had to be like, yo, we got killed off. That's true. It could be that the uh, the way where you never take your helmet off is a new thing. Yeah. That's a, until we get our planet back and most of our people together, we can't take the armor off. Yeah. So this short Mando Dumpus, who is named Michael Scarn, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, just, he's Jackal. Uh, oh, no. Th- th- is the Dumpus one Jackal? I thought Jackal was the one in the blue armor who didn't say much. No, I thought that was Scarn. Uh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Neither of them survives this Yeah, they're going to die real Spoiler quick Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so These two Mandos are about to get cliggity clowned on. Uh, so Scarn, whichever one that is, who cares, takes off his helmet and is like, hey, yeah, so that kid owes us a bunch of money and gambling debts and stuff. So, uh, hey, hey, uh, we gotta, we gotta get that from you. And (laughs) for some reason, Han and Leia, who have just been grilling this guy for like an (laughs) hour, are now like, how dare you question this man? I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this chapter that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so they've switched sides immediately. I think it's because he's. they're like, hey, that's my NPC. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't get to come in here and talk to my NPC. Oh, lo- lower the levels of complexity. What are we doing here? I want to deal with one NPC at a time. I already don't trust you, Mandos. <laughs> And, and the Mandalor- I can only not trust one thing at a time, <laughs> so now it's Mandos. You, you're all right. Yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, so it turns out that they had him in for some big loan of several thousand, 10,000 credits, and then he agreed to risk what little credits he had in an attempt to win back enough credits in the Sabbat game to pay off his original debt to them. Uh, that's not how I read it, but okay. Whatever. How did you- I mean, I read it as he tried to gamble, had 10,000 credits, lost that, and then he tried to gamble it back again, and now owes them a million. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Uh, in any I, event- It doesn't matter. It, he owes them a million credits. In any event, the, the, uh, the upshot of it is that Han is going to spend the next several pages arguing that, uh, because one of them ob- has a cybernetic eye, that obviously he was cheating at, at cards, and therefore they should survive- forgive his card debt, but maybe not his previous debt that existed before his card debt, but probably also that, because Han and Leia are old people, and they know how to complain to managers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the main thrust of this is that they're like, okay, uh, you owe us a shitload of money, and we can just murder you, but... We're going to take your ship is the plan. No, he ought, he's like, you can't take my ship. And they're like, we don't want your fucking oh, that's ship. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What we You'll do never want, take my crappy ship. What we do want is your shares in Lando's mining operation because you have founder shares. And while people can buy, like, associate-level shares, I guess founder ones are better. Yeah, and he's like, well, no, I can't part with those. Those are, like, family heirloom-type things. And they're like, oh, but you will, boy. Uh, now, at this point, Han... And Leia have decided to fixate on the Sabic thing, 
And so they're going to solve that problem. That's, oh, the, yeah. that's the problem they will solve. Well, Han immediately is just like, hey, let me guess. You're me, right? So you're good at Sabacc. Yeah, of course I am. Okay, great. Uh, let me guess. Someone showed up and was like, hey, do you want to gamble? There's a real dumb Mando over here that's very bad at cards. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then he just took you for everything? Yes. Yeah, he's got a cybernetic eye, and he was using it to cheat. Anyway, I'm Han Solo. I've seen this grift. I've done this grift. Fuck it. I like the part where Leia's like, hey, that grift has happened to, to Han a bunch of times. He's like, you don't have to feel bad. Bunch. He's like, that happened to me once. You're just exaggerating so the kid believes you. Even this part is old hat to both of us. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this con. Yeah, we get it. There's nothing that you are doing that even matters. That's one of the things I actually really loved in this chapter is... This would have been like five chapters in any other book we read mm-hmm. where they'd have to figure out the mystery of the cybernetic eye. Yeah. And we just sit here in this fucking bar for five chapters and go nowhere. Instead, we're dealing mostly with a, what we would call him a Han B solo, where he's obviously been Han Solo for 40 years. He knows all the deal- details already. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Han's just like, yeah, you have a cybernetic eye, you were cheating. I wasn't cheating. Here, you can look at the eye. Yeah, I'd prefer to look at the eye you're using while you're playing cards and not the, you know, the one you have on right now. Where's your cheating eye? <laughs> well, I left it in the cheating part of town. Aw. <laughs> so, uh, they, yeah, they, and it, at that point, he's like, uh, dude, if you weren't cheating, you'd still be aggressively after this guy shares, but now you're trying to defend your own cheatiness Dude, you cheated. Just fucking fuck off. Yeah, and the guy, for a second, is like, hmm, yeah, all right, we'll just take the mark then, and we'll be on our way. And that's when it finally pisses off both the other Mando, who's like, no, we need all the shit. And he's like, no, shut up, you. I, my guess is because the the, the uh, gambling con was a side grift that the Mandos were running. Well, yeah, because he's like, look, you can't get the 10000 back. I fucking spent the 10000 You don't join up with this operation, which we haven't mentioned there's the galactic eh, extraction technologies or whatever. Who cares? They're it, called Get, and Get is the big company that is trying to muscle out the little guy miners. Right. But man, but uh, Lando's is- whole operation only runs on them. So now they're trying to, I guess, get his shares to weasel their way into Lando's stuff. You see, they're they're greedy, and they're called Get. You. Do you get it? <laughs> this is kind of out there for Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't usually do like the organization. Is, the, oh, oh, also, our name coincidentally spells evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are a company that's all about uh, acquiring money. We're called Take. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yes, we're extragalactic vehicles. Uh uh, Eind lightsabers. <laughs> Eind lightsabers? <laughs> Wouldn't that start with an E? Uh, no. Nine. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, you know, Han immediately senses that this Scarn dude is on his back footing because, yes, like John was saying, he's defending his gambling debts instead of instead of just being like, fuck you, give us the money and what we want. So they managed to cow him into being like, all right, well, we'll let you go, and you can just... You yeah, just we're keeping the 10000 because yeah. it's already been spent. Uh, fine, whatever, we'll just leave you with your shares and the mark. And then Han is like, no, not good enough. I love this part because Han's like a little pushy. He's just <laughs> he's, like... He just tries a little farther that he's like, oh, so you're willing to like give the mark up? 
Give him the 10,000. Come on, do it. <laughs> do it. Give it. F- <laughs> fucking do it. And he doesn't even think they will. It's like, even in the book, he's just like, oh, I don't think they have that money. I just want to see him writhe about it a little. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that money's definitely gone, but I just want to be like, eh? Eh? Give him the 10,000. Eh? Yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah, and Leia's right up there with him on this whole thing. At a certain point, Leia finally drops her name. Uh, oh, no, I remember what it is. They drop the paperwork that indicates that this OMAD dude is guilty, and Leia force pulls it into her hand. Yeah, just to be like, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Well, so you she's, got some old Jedi burnout to help you. Yeah, you get a cast off. What the fuck is this? And she's like, "Yeah, I'm not a cast off." Yeah, you don't. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, when Scarn is cowed enough to try and leave the table without the shares, uh, that's the point where the big lizard guy, who is, is named Kaizak, and has not he's been consistently mentioned throughout this whole exchange as being like, "Oh, he's growling and looking at them," and he's just just being dangerous. Imposing. He's just being an imposing thing. He's like, "No, we're not done here." The plan was we get these shares and we will follow the plan. Yeah, and and uh, Scarn's like, whoa, hey, did I ask you to talk? What the fuck, you lizard? What the fuck? And he responds by caving Scarn's head in. Yeah. Just instantly. He just takes an elbow and breaks Scarn in the face. Yeah, he's like, and you're dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the jackal dude starts to stand up. That's the other Mando. And with a tail swipe, he breaks both his knees. Yeah, he's just like, look, you idiots. Uh, I get to be (laughs) clowning on you because I need you to be the wharf in this situation where Mandalorians are normally supposed to be super scary badasses, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to kill and maim you guys within like two seconds. Yeah. Uh, So now a fight has broken out. The other uh, Nargons are starting to charge through the crowd towards our heroes. But this one Nargon seems more than enough because they immediately jump him, and he is ultra strong. Well, the thing is... At this point, fucking Han pulls his blaster out, shoots him in the head, and it ricochets off his dome. And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out that he's bigger and heavier than it seems like he should be. Like, he's dense. He's a big, dense monster. Yeah, he tries to do, like, a football tackle on him, and it just doesn't do anything. He just bounces off. And eventually, the du- the uh, Nargon gets a chokehold on Han and picks him up by the throat, and then Leia, you know, lightsabers this Nargon thing's arm off. Because, you know, a lightsaber trumps anything. Yeah. So the arm crashes to the table, and Han notices that he's not just bleeding, but there's, like, sparks and oil and shit coming out of this thing, so he's a robot lizard monster. Yeah, he's like, oh, hold on, that's not bone, that is just a metal tube with wires in it, what is this? <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, so this they is be- a lizard terminator. He's got flesh on the outside and a metal endoskeleton. So there's still Nargons coming after them, and they have more or less agreed to the plan to go into the nebula with uh, Omad. So so at this point, they just take off in a run. Yeah, Omad's like, uh, hey, there's a back exit. You should just follow me. And they're like, all right, whatever. Yeah, we got... Hang on. That's what an Omog would say. Uh, are you a goblin? Is this a goblin tunnel we're taking? I don't want to go into a goblin warren. <laughs> but the adventure is a goblin warren. Mm. Uh, Mario Kart, though. Yeah. So they <laughs> they run off, but not without Han being like, I'm going to take this fucking arm, though. Honestly, in this situation, it's a good call because that arm is weird and he can learn things from it. Yeah. He can learn its many secrets. Yeah, Leia cuts the Nargons, like, both his arms off and then finally his head, and it's, well, they put Han a blast- is just like, I'm taking the arm. They put a blaster bolt into his midsection, and it actually works. Like, it actually cuts a hole, and you can hear, and well, he, yeah, like, because- screams and looks at it. 
uh, Leia hit him in the side with a lightsaber. Didn't chop through him, mm-hmm. but he's got a hole, and then he got shot through the hole. Yeah, and, that, and, and he, he lights Han's up. to blame. Yeah, <laughs> he gives love a bad name. So, God damn it! Yeah, Han shoots him in through this hole into the, the stomach, and you can see him kind of light up like a furnace. So something's big going on in there. These Nargons they probably are, hit a power source or something. Almost definitely. So this Nargon collapses, and this is great because he also lands on Han, and now Han's trapped into like five hundred pounds of metal, and Leia just force picks it up and throws it at the other Nargons and then they escape and Han takes the arm and Leia's like Han souvenirs <laughs> yes I am a serial killer and I'm taking the arm as a souvenir <laughs> you got me I mean ultimately he's just like no I need to eventually I'm gonna need to tell someone else that we fought robots yeah also aren't you even the little bit is curious that this lizard person has a metal skeleton yeah who knows who knows maybe it's a synth droid <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the end of that chapter. Then we jump directly to the planet She Do Mad. <laughs> she Do Mad. <laughs> you see, on She Do Mad, there is a Jedi, and he is doing a Jedi test, and his name is Brexen. <laughs> yeah, Brexit here is a big... Berkson? It was Brexen, I think. Yeah, it's Brexit. Yeah. So Brexit is off there in the forest, and he's a big, burly, furry Cat? guy. Yeah, he's... He's a big old catsman. And they, give, they give you the species name. It's a he's a Tagorian. Yeah, not quite as good as a gubbo, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry. A what? A gubbos. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, it is too good. He's a big is badass. Essentially, the the point of this chapter because yeah. this is a test where he has to defend himself against two other like Jedi trainees coming after him mm-hmm. as well as a sniper trying to shoot at him all while he is holding an egg and he has to make it through without the egg breaking. Yeah, he has to spend the next three days taking care of the egg. <laughs> name it. Name it. Yeah, And he's going to learn an important di- uh, thing about the difficulties of parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jedi. And, je- and Jedi lightsaber fighting. And also he's up on them poles that you always put like martial artists on. So he's <laughs> he's he's dancing around on on tall poles with an egg with a lightsaber and, he's, and people are chasing him. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's in a forest, but whatever. Yeah, he's on those forest poles. <laughs> them forest poles. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I think you saw the name of the show. <laughs> them uh, forest poles? <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, yeah, he's he's running around in a forest defending himself from attack. And occasionally, attacks will come so fast and furious that his response will be, this is kind of neat, to huck the egg up into the air, switch to two-hand lightsaber stance so we can fire blaster bolts back at people, and then catch the egg again and keep going. Yeah. He... <laughs> He is being chased by a Bith and some human lady, it's a, it's a I human. think. Yeah, it's a human and a Bith. Uh, so this- <laughs> he clowns on the Bith, mm-hmm. and then the human lady tries to, like, force push him, and then he just, like, jumps and pulls the Bith into the path of the force push. Yes. And he's just... <laughs> Force pushes the Bith instead. This guy's ass head goes flying around, knocks himself silly, and then she tries to use the Force to slow his descent, and then as soon as she does that, he deflects one of the sniper bolts that is a stun bolt into her, and is like, ha ha, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, now, a lot of people are watching this guy do his, his test, including uh, the big ones are Jaina and Luke himself. And Cornhorn. Uh, and Cornhorn is also here. Cornhorn, uh, I haven't read any of the Cornhorn stuff after he discovered he was a Jedi. 
because that's late life for Coran Horn is originally just like an X Man. Er, yeah, he was originally an X Man. He was originally now, he an X Man on Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> But Cornhorn here is back. He's here. He's in his late 60s. He's short. And this is, I think, our first time actually having him in a book, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a weird time to meet him. But Luke basically is watching Bregzen go way too hard in the paint. And so he calls over some random Jedi of his and is like, hey, shoot the egg. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he has some Jedi that's like, message for you, sir. And he's like, that can wait. Take this blaster. Shoot that egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, but isn't that not part of the... Shut up. I'm the master here. Shoot the egg. Shoot the egg. Smash uh, so, mouth, shoot the egg. <laughs> so the Jedi drops what they're doing, and I think there's two of them. There's Sarah and Dornald or something. No, that's the name. It's like Saren Dornald. Oh, it's two names? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they try to shoot this... Or the, whoever this is tries to shoot the egg out of Bregzen's hand, and Bregzen notices and gets mega pissed off about it. Yeah. As soon as these laser bolts come flying out, and... Uh, she is also not using the stun setting or anything. Like, she is firing live ammo at this person and just whiffing hard. Mm -hmm. But this immediately causes Brexit to be like, fuck it, fuck everyone, I'm going to murder everybody. And just spins around and ends up deflecting blaster bolts, one at her, which Luke ends up having to be like, and force pull out of the way of that, Mm -hmm. and then deflects one at the Jedi Masters, which he just force slaps away. Yeah, he just holds up a hand and goes, no, and it hits him in the hand, but he has like a force shield on that hand. Yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, hey, St- buddy, hey. maybe don't do that. Hey, stand down. And immediately the guy, the Jedi guy is like, ah, oh, shit, I just fucked this up real bad. <laughs> and uh, this is when Jaina comes walking out and she's like, wow, he's really good. Uh, a little too good, I might say. What because we, he knows he's this cause, good. Because he knows he's this good. What do we do with him? And, and they're like, well, I guess we just dismiss him. Uh, here's he's the, too proud. Here's the thing we're learning here. Uh, they are now terrified of training any Jedi who isn't perfect because they've trained a lot of their own worst enemies already. They're like, it's look, been 40 years of them training Jedi only for them Jedi to be like, I'm Kip Duron, blows up a bunch of planets. Yeah, this one is specifically, oh yeah, uh, anyone who didn't read the previous books... Uh, Jaina's twin brother, Jason Solo, became Darth Cadus, and Jaina had to go kill him. So we're a little skittish on that right now. Yeah, no one wants to train the next Darth Cadus. So they're they're only taking perfect applicants. And this dude just wa- just kind of walked himself off the list, even though he's already an amazing Jedi. I'm kind of I feel like if at this point they were like, no, you're too prideful. You're out. And he'd be like, yeah, but you already taught me how to jump around and do cool lightsaber shit. And yeah, but I'm already force, a super badass. So. I'm already a mega badass. You this is the best way to make me a villain. Yeah. Uh, so but Luke offers him instead. He's like, hey, look, here's here's the deal. Come on over here and address me, and we'll talk about what just happened. And the guy's like, yeah, I think I did a great job. I feel like my performance Look, the was egg exemplary. isn't broken. Yeah. I didn't fail, did I? Yeah. He's like, dude, you're a dickbag. Yeah, Quit you, you fired one. blaster bolts at me, uh, so no, you're not You're not in a great situation. He's like, but you cheated. And like, looks do like, do you think enemies are going to play fair when you're out in the field? Yeah. So, you know, this dude finally catches what's on the wind, and he's like, so I guess I'm dismissed? No, you have to start over. You have to go back to day one of Jedi class. He's like, if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, oh, look, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. And they're like, no, you need to want to do that. The whole point of this is you need to humble yourself because you are on the path of being like, I'm the greatest. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, no, you see, I am wearing 26 pieces of flair. That was the established minimum, I believe. (laughs) Uh, So what do you need from me right now? 
Well, I want you to want to wear 37 pieces of flair. <laughs> yeah, so they're just doing the Jedi twist the words back on you thing where he's like, oh, so do you want me to do this? Do you want me to want you to do this? Look, just tell me what you want. I feel like what they should be sending him to is some sort of remedial class or something, but instead they're like, no, we want you, an angry Jedi with incredible skills and a strong chip on his shoulder and a sense of entitlement, to go hang around with the first years. Yeah. And at least at least with this, it works. Because at the end of it, he's like, oh, I get, I get it. I'm, I've got a lot of pride. And they're like, yeah, it's good that you see that. And he's mm-hmm. like... Look, we're sending you back to the beginning because obviously whatever it was you were supposed to learn that would have made you not like this, you didn't. So go back and learn it again. Yeah. And thankfully, this dude is pretty on the ball. He's like, yeah, okay, All right, fine. And he even when he leaves, he runs off to go make sure he didn't hurt those other two that he was clowning on. Yeah. He just like, all right, here's my lightsaber and my badge. Yeah. (laughs) I'm off the force. I get it. But then I'm still not a huge fan of the idea that this guy is going to go hang out with the younglings. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, I was too good for their program. Don't try to follow me. I'm not the right path. I'm just a cool outsider. <laughs> I kind of want to do whatever that guy does forever. <laughs> no, because he'll come back and they'll be like, hey, you're way too old to be in here. Didn't you already get training to be a Jedi Knight? Yeah, but I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm very prideful. I was very good and I knew I was very good and I shouldn't have known that, I guess. I mean, ultimately, this isn't going to work for him either because they're going to send him back and they're going to be teaching him basic year one Jedi shit. They'll be like, here, stand on your head near this rock. And he'll be like, uh, I can do this. For the next three years, he'll be like, I am not being challenged in any way. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna turn evil no matter what. No, you the should whole just bury is, him in the forest now. It's not about a challenge. It's about him learning to control his emotion. Mm-hmm. So if while he's not being challenged, he can't control himself, then obviously he shouldn't. This be is how you get Kylo's Ren. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> uh, okay, so finally Luke's like, hey, so yeah, what's the message? Oh yeah, I forgot. Hey, you have a message for me. What's up? I, uh, I was having you shoot eggs. Yeah, well, it turns out the Solos are in trouble out by the Chiloon Rift system. And, and uh, here's the message. And Luke's like, oh, interesting. They're out by the Chiloon Rift. I recently sent one of my Jedi Knights there. Yeah. Uh, because, one of our questing knights. Yeah, we have, I have ten questing knights. Because now we're Arthurian for some reason. <laughs> Uh, all of them are in love with Leia. It's court love. <laughs> Courtly love. Also, they're looking for the space grail, so... <laughs> Someday they'll find that space grail <laughs> if Lando doesn't mine it up. <laughs> uh, so he's excited because the reason he sent a questing Jedi Knight out to that area is because all of his questing knights are looking for the ones, which are some Clone Wars cartoon shit. Remember when when I did a bonus content about like Abeloth and the ones? Yeah, and Abeloth gets mentioned here as yeah. well because Luke has a wound from it. Yeah, this is post Abeloth and Ben and Luke fighting, uh, where they managed to defeat like the evil god of Jedi powers or whatever. Yeah, and now they're looking for the good gods of Jedi powers. Yes, and they they're also looking for something called the Mortis. Which is the planet where the good gods live on. Yes, which they might be in the Chiloon Rift. Unfortunately, the Jedi he sent there to, has not reported back for at least a month. Yeah. Uh-oh, trouble is brewing. I had been planning to send, I think it's Ben and, is it Kip Duran? No, there's no mention of Kip Duran in this book. How nice to know. Yeah. But they're planning to send at least Ben Skywalker out to investigate the Rift in a, in a few more months. 
uh, to kind of look for this missing questing knight and then like help finish the mission. Yeah. So he looks at the message, and it is a video message of Han Solo running from blaster bolts and just completely not giving a fuck. He might as well be on the moving walkway at the airport, being like, hey, Luke, yeah, yeah, the Nargons, whatever. They're too hey, dumb to use a, the moving walkway. There's uh, some pirates here. There's a place called uh, Get. There's some sort of, I don't know, evil corporation. They might be in charge of the pirates, too. Anyway, look at these guys. He, like, flips the camera around, and there's big lizards. Yeah, those are the Nargons. And check this out. He slaps the... the the arm on the down. table they're not they're not all the way living so there's some weird stuff going on and here's what i need from you luke skywalker i need you to come on out here and give us a hand because also i'm gonna need someone to hand deliver information that they receive from investigating who this git organization is Yeah, we're going into the nebula and you can't just send a message in there so someone has to figure out what's going on with get and then give us that information yeah so and then he's like, all right, well, anyway, bye. And they get a brief flash of Omad Keg running around in the background, too. It's just going, oh, these guys are dangerous. <laughs> you got to be like, Han's just rolling his eyes. Uh. <laughs> That's just me minus 40 years, Luke. <laughs> Look, hey, was I ever like this? Oh, no. Blast, blast, blast. <laughs> Ugh, what a dumbass. Anyway. <laughs> What's up with you, Luke? Also training my replacements. <laughs> also, somebody who is me is here. Uh, bye. <laughs> yeah. So Luke's like, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go talk to the guy who's the the New Republic chair on mineralogy. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Piwu Loot or something like that? Yeah, I'm going to go talk to Luit and yeah, uh, Lee Woot. And he's, he'll have the information that we need. And they're like, and well, I'll wait. go hand deliver this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're the goddamn Grand Master of the Jedi Academy. How about we send literally anyone else there's so much going on here because he's like well okay i have to go talk to lou wheat or whatever because i know how to work with that guy we have a neutrality policy with the new republic that says that they're not supposed to take a side in the whole jedi sith thing because they don't want to get drawn into that mm -hmm. so technically if we were just sending some jedi over there he would get in trouble politically with having a meeting with them but because i'm luke skywalker I can just be like, hey, dude, what up? Yeah. He's like, well, I'm not going to go see him as a political thing. I'm just going to be like, hey, man, what can you tell me outside of channels? Then, then once he tells me, I'm going to go out there and deliver the shit to the Chinaloo Nebula myself. And they're like, no, man. There's like a bunch of us. There's masters and knights and questing knights and apprentices and what have you. You did the thing. You did the Iggy. You made the whole Jedi praxium. It worked already. You've got a whole school. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm going. And... At one point, one of them was like, oh, is it because your son is going to be out there and it will be nice to see him? And he's like, I mean, yeah, kind of. A little bit. But eventually, somewhere in the middle of this conversation, the, the chief tactical officer for the Jedi Corps. The guy who was the sniper during the training. And who is notably himself not a Jedi, but he has developed a number of tactics for com combating Jedi uh, based on life experience. Uh, this is Jagged Fell, who used Which to be... Which is also a name I know, and I don't know why. Uh, because he was one of the pilots you could get a card for in the X-Men game. Uh, X-Wing. X-Wing game, yes. Yeah. Also in the X-Men game, yeah. weirdly enough. Yeah, well, Jagged and Fell are both names of X-Men for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, he, in the X-Wing game, he is a... I want to say an interceptor or an advanced pilot. All right. Yeah. That's the only reason I know that name then. Great. Yeah. 
Uh, he is Jaina's husband of many years now. Uh, used to be an Imperial officer. I believe he was even a Baron of the Empire or some nonsense. Uh, but I've never read any of those stories. He is now defected, changed sides, married Jaina, and signed up with the Jedi Temple as a <coughs> tactical advisor? Yeah, he's like, I'm good versus Force users, and I also have a shitload of like tactical knowledge of how to use Force users in effective ways rather than just being like, hey, get your lightsabers out and run. run. <laughs> He's like, how about we plan something? And they're like, what? All right, well, here's the plan. Uh, we're going to assign you, a Jedi, a squad of chumpos. They'll stand behind you while you lightsaber. Eventually, most of them will die, and that's when you really cut loose, okay? <laughs> uh, so... They're all like, hey, man, don't do this. And Luke's like, yeah, but I'm gonna. And finally, it's a fell who catches on. He's like, you just want to leave because you're bored. We have had you on here uh, convalescing from this wound you took from Abeleth. And uh, you're going crazy, and we are driving you crazy. And he's like, yep. Yep. Sometimes, Jagged, I swear you can use the Force. And once again, reestablishing that the Force in this universe is mostly being able to read simple emotions on people's faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out everyone in Star Wars has autism and only the Force lets you know when people have emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not great. So so basically Luke's like, ah, you got it in one, Phil. I'm bored and I feel like going on a little space journey. And because I'm in charge, nobody gets to tell me no, so fuck off. I, like, I, I would have been more excited if he had been like, yeah, but this feels like a classic Han, Leia, Luke kind of thing. I feel like... You know, just you know how sometimes there's just one of those that's just the three of us. Uh, us remember and Lando? You remember the old trilogy? <laughs> and sometimes Lando, if he's into it, I'm not. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lando. <laughs> I got weird mining to do. Maybe Chewie's there. Oh, no. he's dead. He's he's dead. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, I, I made myself sad. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's just like, great, I'm out of here, and that is how the chapter ends. It takes so much work to set up. By the time Crucible comes out. It takes so much work to remind you who everyone is and what's going on. Like, they have when Jaina comes out and she's like, this Brexit guy is really fucking good. They have to introduce her as Jaina, Warrior Knight, and the, the uh, last surviving solo child. Yeah. Also, <laughs> there is a little bit in the first couple pages of this where it has to give you the, like, dramatis personae of the book. Mm -hmm. I'm like... No Star Wars book requires you to write the words dramatis personae. And yet beginning. it shows up in a lot of them. Please don't do that. This isn't a thing that needs that. This is a shitty book for people who like Star Wars and want more Star Wars and don't care how they get it. Yeah, there's so many names here that were of interest to me. Uh, they mentioned Tion and Cam Solusar, who were mm -hmm. both early Jedi characters from some of the early Kevin J. Anderson books. Uh, Silgal gets a mention, and Silgal is a Lady Moncal healer Jedi who apparently is some sort of, like, now serving as an ambassador to the New Republic. Uh, she's one of the, a big deal from the old days as well, who uh, mostly showed up in the comics and was at, like, Luke and, and uh, Mara Jade's wedding and stuff. Uh, it, and of course, you also get Koran uh, Horn getting a mention. So there's a lot of interesting characters from the past that are showing up here to kind of just be. Oh, and and why don't you guys go have one of your classic space adventures, and we'll we'll be here and be the, the <laughs> we'll hold down the fort here. We'll it, we'll it, be the unnecessary world building you didn't give a shit about. Honestly, it again, it kind of feels like if I didn't already know better that this is a book that was like 
this is the send off for these three. Yeah. We're going to mention all the people that are still here. We're going to talk about all the things in the past and all the tradition that's gone into it. But then we're going to have our main three go off for one last ride. Mm-hmm. And it, it and, and really feels like this is just like, yeah, we're going to kill off all these people. We're done. <laughs> Maybe this one planet just blows up. Just get rid of She-Do-Mad. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Someone call Michael Stackpole and tell him we're killing off Koran Horn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say, for the first two chapters of a Star Wars book that we are reading... There was adventure. There was action. Stuff happened. Yeah. Like, it presented things immediately and had action within them. Normally, this book would have just told us that Get existed and it would have been... Again, another like seven chapters of just telling us that Get exists and then telling us they exist in another way and then yeah. meeting a representative that tells us they exist. Yeah. Whereas this is like, no, they exist. Also, here's a weird robot lizard. We've got a whole like mystery thing going on. We've got a young Han Solo here. We've got Luke and he's fucking off to go have adventures. And we've got all these people that you know. Yeah. What I was expecting from this book was... You know, the, the the first chapter would be the introduction of a nobody character who dies by the end of that chapter. They'd be like, Skurgood Thurway is a normal guy who works in a mining facility. And then he gets killed by an off-screen monster. And that's the setup for what Get is all yeah, about. Yeah, we have some the shadow figure that's yeah. like, yes, according to plan. Yeah. And then the whole second chapter is just, Leia finds herself on a random vacation planet in unimaginable opulence. <laughs> A bunch of random aliens are working on her nails. She thinks they're gross. Her <laughs> nails and the uh, the aliens. <laughs> yeah, no, I I gotta say, the first two chapters have given me some hopes for this book. I'm also, aside from the one use of female by Han, uh, that was the one kind of slip up. Other than that, I'm kind of a fan of the characterizations I've seen so far. Leia wasn't imperious and stuffy. Uh, Han wasn't a, a weird possessive idiot. And Luke was like, hey, I'm just Luke. I want to go. I'm a Jedi master. I'm a space adventure. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm out. <laughs> I just, just do my thing. Uh, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Yep. So uh, and that- if you're excited to join us and see where we go, we're going to go to Wikipedia and you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery. And for just the two dollar level. You can come along with us. Yeah, that's right, because that's when we do our bonus expanded Expounded Universe episodes, where we dive into stories from the internet and books long past, and come back to tell them to each other, and it's fun, and it's funny, it's a good time, and it's only about four bucks a month. Yep, yep. there you go. So that's a great way to get on board and help support us, and also get yourself some extra stuff to listen to, why we have several hundred hours of bonus content that you unlock the moment you, you pledge that level. So... You'll be set for quite a while of boring office jobs. <laughs> if you're sitting there typing away or maybe even just stacking cans at a grocery store, well, buddy, we got you covered. I've got you. I know We've ultimate- got you smothered and covered. I do. We do. That's exactly what we do with a little bacon on the side. Extra crispy. <laughs> However you like your bacon. That's the way we have it. You want it limp? Steamed? Steam bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I basically like my bacon to be a chip. I don't know about you, John, but I like my bacon to... You know, snap when you t- when you flick it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I like the thick cut mm-hmm. where it's got a good sort of crisp sear on the outside, but can still be chewed. Yeah, John and prefers isn't just like crunch, crunch, crunch. John prefers a thick cut uh, meat when he. Yeah, moves. I like it thick, uncut meat. <laughs> 
So once again, four bucks a month or so, go to patreon.com slash system mastery, get that bonus content. It's worth listening to, and it will help us out a great deal, and we would really appreciate that. And hey, you know what else you could do? You could buy our book. You could. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won't, but you could. It, it might happen. Yeah, go buy our book. It's called A Dragon Walks in, Into a... a blah, I can't even say my name my own book. Oh, so I, it's called A Dragon Walks Into a Bar, and it's available on Amazon and wherever fine books are store, sold. <laughs> wherever they're stored. Wherever fine books are stored. <laughs> you know, a library. <laughs> Some warehouse. Bookshelves in people's houses. <laughs> Just go find it. <laughs> You gotta pay him fifteen dollars, though. Oh, leave me be. The kid is teething in my teeth. In my uh, my and my teeth hurt. My teeth also hurt, <laughs> and also I'm very sleepy. Uh, very sleepy indeed. But no, it's completely worth it. The book is a big stupid joke book, and it's hilariously bad. So go find it, buy it, and help us get to write another book because we love that too. And otherwise, welcome to a new year and a new season, a brand new season. The last one before the movie. <laughs> That's right. So until such time as that movie comes into existence, oh, I can't believe I get to say this again. I'm Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>